Welcome to Maximize Your Influence, your resource for the top persuasion, influence, and negotiation techniques that will help you maximize your success in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, Kurt Mortensen and Steve Olson. Big warm hello and welcome to Maximize Your Influence. This is Kurt Mortensen. Who knows where Steve Olson is? He's still on sabbatical. We're trying to track him down. Actually, we know where he is, but uh, he has swamped and has promised to come back and at least be on the show and help us out as we teach you the principles of persuasion, motivation, influence, negotiation, things that make a big difference to get what you want, when you want, and win friends for life. Everything you want in life is on the other side of persuasion. So episode 197, we're getting close to 200. Been in Southern California, did an event at the Queen Mary. So I've got a little bit to say about that. We'll talk about that. I'm soon off to Oregon, Seattle, and Denver. So I have a little swing there that I'll be up. I'll let you know about that one. As we get you up to speed on the latest research and things you need to know to be more persuasive. Again, thanks for being here. Like us on iTunes. Go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com for more information. You can send me an email at Kurt, K-U-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. And even check us out on Instagram at MaxInfluence. Now it is time for that geeky article of the week. Let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Let's learn and grow. Of course, we have to hear from our friend Urkel. <laughs> Again, not my friend. We're still doing that for Steve Olson because that was one of his favorite. I don't even think I watched that show that much. But, hey, you know, whatever it takes, we'll switch up the sounds every now and then. So this article is from Current Biology. thought it was quite interesting. We're going to talk about the brain today a little bit. And it's titled, For Those Irked by Specific Noises, The Brain and Overdrive. And I think you've met people, and it might even be you, that specific noises just drive you nuts. For some, it used to be the nails on the chalkboard, depending how old you are. I mean, it's the whiteboard now, but the chalkboard, you scratch your nails. Even just talking about that makes some people cringe. It could be the sound of somebody chewing, the way you breathe, those type of things. They did a study on what that does to our brain activity. Can we fix this? And this was done by a team of researchers at Newcastle Universities to figure out what's going on. And they actually identified this condition as misophonia. So that's your word of the day. What it is, it's a disorder where you have a hatred of sounds, like we talked about, the eating or chewing, the pin clicking, the certain song maybe that you hear. These are called our trigger sounds, right? And so what happens with people with misophonia, and we might have minor versions of this, is they found an abnormality in the emotional control mechanism in our brain that causes the brain just to get hijacked, to go into overdrive of that, where they just lose control almost of their brain. And they found that these trigger sounds gave them a heightened physiological response, meaning their heart rate, the sweating, the sound, just from a sound. We've talked about subconscious triggers, how sounds, smells, colors, all make a huge difference. And so they did some studies of where they had different sounds playing while an MRI was going. Some listened to neutral sounds like rain, boiling water. I mean, that's an interesting sound, a busy cafe. Then there's the unpleasant sounds. Could be a baby crying or a person screaming or that high shrill voice that drives you nuts. And then there are the other trigger sounds, like the breathing or eating that they mentioned is very popular for those who have misophonia. And the reason I bring this up is because I want to talk about the brain today, because we've learned more about the human brain in the last 10 years and the last 100 years combined 
the plasticity that the brain can rewire, that we can learn new things, that everything we feel comes through our amygdala, which is the emotional center of our brain to where everything's tainted with emotion and logic. And we could change things, whether it be fear or these minor phobias that we have. So the bottom line of this research they found is they found this evidence, and they were using this misophonia, these sounds, that you can, through what they call therapeutic manipulations, encourage ways to get past these feelings, to rewire your brain. You just don't say, ah, oh, there's nothing I can do about it. There's usually something that you can do about it when there's something with your brain, whether it be a fear, or anxiety, or depression, and there's different levels of all those. I know of that, but our brain is so powerful that when we really feel that we can make a difference, that we can change our brain, that we can overcome something, that makes the biggest difference. When we give up, there's nothing I can do. That's how I'm wired. That's how I'm programmed. That's where it gets dangerous. We can rewire. We can reprogram for success. We can make subtle changes. Not saying it's going to happen overnight, but that's what this research has found, just from a thing called misophonia, your word of the week, these sounds that people feel. And the reason I brought that up is listener email. Here's a good sound. Says, Kurt, you're always talking about the human brain and what it does that 95% of subconscious triggers come from the brain. You've talked about feelings, moods, emotions, and attitudes on your show. Can you put that all in perspective as far as how the brain is wired and some of the differences between the definition of emotion and mood and feeling? Because sometimes I think they're almost the same. Wow, big, loaded, fun, exciting question. Let's talk about how that works and take a deep dive about the brain. Because the more you understand about the brain and those triggers and why we do what we do, the easier it is to influence not only yourself, but to influence other people. That is the key factor we need to take a look at. So take a deep breath, woo, and let's take a deep dive into the human brain and, and why we do what we do. And we're going to have to kind of go back to the programming of this brain. And I call this Tefama. It's an acronym that talks about thoughts, emotions, feelings, attitudes, moods, and actions. And I'm explain all that here in a little bit, but here's the concept. I mean, when you look at the brain, a lot of things we've learned, positive or negative, could come from society. There's nature, nurture, there's the, our self-programming, there's our beliefs we've picked up. And remember, we've talked about on the show about beliefs and conflicting beliefs that when you're in first, second grade and you were told something about yourself, smart, strange, dumb, weird, ADD, or again, positive or negative, at that age, it becomes a belief. It could be a belief about money, a belief about success, a belief about the opposite sex, a belief about, you know, anything. And that's what screws us up as adults is we've picked up these beliefs in first, second grade that at that age level, we didn't have, our brain wasn't mature enough to be able to refute those beliefs that became instant beliefs. And so as adults, we have conflicting beliefs, things we picked up early on versus things we want now. And, you know, these experiences we have, they, they taint I don't know if that's the word. They taint, they mold us, they change us. And realize, too, that your brain is always evolving. It doesn't even mature until you're 24 years old, right? The brain matures from the back to the front. And the last thing to mature, you've heard me say it before, is the frontal lobe. And that's kind of important to understand because that's what helps us with decision-making and forecasting to where if teenagers are playing video games 24 hours a day, that could affect lifetime earnings and grades. The tattoo on your neck might affect this. It's all about the now at that young age. And so you can tell your teenager, say, look, Kurt says that your brain's not mature and I'll be making all the decisions for you. <laughs> Try it out and see what happens. But uh, that's kind of how our brain is starting to form. 
about 24 is probably your average age where it's fully mature, but we're still learning, we're still growing. There's still some elasticity there, but you know, the older we get, the harder it is to make some of those changes. So in our brain, we kind of have the conscious side, the, the logical side, and the subconscious side, what we focus on in the show, right? the two different sides, the logic versus the emotion, the conscious versus the subconscious. Let's talk about this brain. So what happens in our brain, we have these thoughts, right? And these thoughts can be positive or negative. So these thoughts that can come from past history, right now, things that are happening, we have these thoughts that happen, right? And what happens is these thoughts trigger emotions. These emotions can help or hurt you. And emotions are relatively neutral as long as we don't tend to bury those emotions. And I don't know if you know this or not, some emotions can even be addicting because when you feel an emotion, it releases a neuropeptide in your body and it can become addicting. Depression, anger, you might have noticed that in some people, that it, it can be addicting. But the, really, if you want the scientific definition of an emotion, it's a judgment or evaluation or interpretation of a thought or an event, right? It's just, okay, that happened, here's the emotion. And what happens in our brain is that could either trigger a feeling, an attitude, or a mood. And that's kind of where the question comes in. What's the differences between feelings, attitudes, and mood? What's the difference between emotion and feeling? Now, all emotions are feelings, but not all feelings are emotions. It's probably the best way to put it. I mean, you have to understand that when you feel an emotion, a feeling's a learned response. We learn to feel this way. For example, if you feel the emotion of love, you might feel calm. So love's the emotion, calm is not the emotion, it's a feeling. The emotion of anger it might give you the feeling of being stupid. Of, wow, I shouldn't have felt that, I shouldn't have acted that way, I shouldn't have done that. The emotion of joy might make you feel good. The emotion of hate might make you feel bad. I should be feeling that way. The feeling of resentment might make you feel disappointed. So it's kind of a subset there as you take a look at it. Again, we're taking a deep dive here of the brain. So when we feel these emotions, again, which is a, an interpretation of a thought you've had or an event that just happened, you could have these feelings, or the emotion could also trigger an attitude. And the difference is an attitude is recorded or stored in our brain. And it occurs at routine things that we happen. We have this thought, we feel this emotion, and this is the attitude that we have. And that can happen with these emotions. Now, emotions can also trigger a mood. Now, mood lasts longer than the emotion. It's a lower intensity than an emotion. But when we're in low moods, that recalls negative thinking in ourselves and others. We've talked about how mood matters. When you're in a negative mood, you recall negative things, why it won't work out, you become very pessimistic. And when you're in a positive mood, you recall positive things, why it's going to work out. That's true for you and your prospect. And so this can all go back to these thoughts that we have. And so these thoughts that trigger these emotions, again, these emotions can trigger feelings, attitudes, or mood. These all trigger your actions. Okay? So to simplify this, Basically, the acronym is T, just like the drink. Let's say you like green tea. That's your T of choice. T-E-A, your thoughts control emotions, emotions control actions. I mean, that's the simplified version of what we're talking about here. And these thoughts, which trigger everything, come from nature, nurture, society, programming, beliefs that were given to us, beliefs that we might have now, experiences that we have. And so the key thing here is to really understand if our thoughts control our emotions and emotions control our actions, we got to back up and think about our thoughts. Because you probably heard the quote, no thought resides in your mind rent-free. They always have a consequence. And some studies show up to 90% of your thoughts are negative, which trigger negative emotions, negative feelings, negative moods, which will trigger negative actions. we got to be careful here. Some books on success say, oh, that's stinking thinking. You shouldn't think that way. But you do. 
So I'm a big believer that you can't always control your thoughts because you're going to have a negative thought, a weird thought, a strange thought come into your mind. The key between failure and success is this. When that negative thought comes into your brain, failures give it a place to grow. Wow, that could happen. What if it does happen? It's, it's going to happen. Oh, my life's going to be ruined when it happens. And, of course, we know the formula It's going to happen. A successful person's going to have the same negative thought, but they're going to redirect it. They're going to think about something else. They have a game plan. They're going to put it aside. They're not going to give it a place to grow. That is the difference between success and failure, being aware of those thoughts. I mean, some people like to do the rubber band where you snap yourself every time you have a negative thought. People don't last very long because it's very painful, but it helps them realize most of your thoughts are negative. Or I've got a great program that you can join. So what's going to happen is every time you have a negative thought, we're going to deduct $1,000 from your bank account and give it to charity. I mean, that's what it's costing you anyway. You might as well give it to a good cause, right? Because if you're stuck in negative thoughts, you're going to lose the money anyway. You might as well give it to a charity, okay? I'm kidding. Or am I kidding? <laughs> we should try that one out. So, yeah, send me your bank accounts to credit. Maximize your influence. I think I could probably get in trouble for things like that. So uh, don't send those out. But anyway, just a thought to think about as thoughts control emotions and emotions control actions. Now, latest research is also showing, and this is fascinating, and if you haven't heard of Amy Cuddy, that's C-U-D-D-Y, we'll get a link for you. She did a famous TED Talk. She's usually in the top 10, 20 TED Talks. Now, she is a social psychologist that is an expert on body language and how body language affects how others see us. And her research is showing us the opposite is true that your actions control your emotions and your emotions control your thoughts. You can actually reverse it. Like if you go walk into a room and you're all slumped over and your posture's bad and the way you sit in your chair, those negative actions give you negative emotions which give you negative thoughts. So quit doing that. <laughs> and so she talks about the victory pose, how you look at people who've just won a race or a boxing match, how they put their hands in the air in the victory formation, how if you could do that, it actually releases chemicals in your body that changes your emotions that give you different thoughts. Those endorphins make all the difference in the world. So if you're getting ready to do a sales presentation or persuasive presentation, putting your arms in the air in that victory pose, hopefully nobody's watching. Maybe find a stall in the bathroom or someplace where no one's watching you. It changes things. And so that's new part of the science that actions can control emotions and emotions control thoughts. I mean, you think about football. I'm a big football fan. I love football. And the teams come on the field, they huddle up, they're jumping up and down. Some do the, the haka, that dance, that, the warrior dance. Some are putting their hands in the air. Some are doing different things that increase those endorphins that help victory possible in their minds, which those actions change emotions, that's change thoughts. And that's just something to think about. So the lessons today are thoughts control emotions, emotions control actions. And the reverse is true. Actions control emotions and emotions control thoughts. So those are things that are critical for you to understand for you to be successful. This is self-persuasion. If you can't persuade yourself, you can't persuade other people. And so you're going to start with your thoughts and redirect your thoughts and think of better things and be able to visualize success in the future. Because if you're stuck on worry, your thoughts are negative and you're going to trigger negative emotions and negative actions. But if your thoughts are more visualizing the success and doing the victory pose and seeing the win and seeing the sell and seeing yourself do a persuasive presentation that just rocks the audience, that makes all the difference in the world. You can do this. 
you could understand this. Just the one takeaway, it's those thoughts. They don't reside rent-free. They don't. You've got to be aware of what's happening. Most people's like ping-pong up there. Wow, how did I start thinking about that? Versus controlling and focusing. And I was doing research on laws of charisma. The ability to focus, the ability to feel intuition is a big part of people's success. If you're wondering what's taking so long to be successful, it's usually mindset. Getting yourself in the right direction. Spend some time on this every day. It makes all the difference in the world. We all have issues, things to fix on. We all need to redirect our thoughts. We all need better control of our emotions. This is something we're all working on, but that self-persuasion will help you become more persuasive. In fact, latest research shows when you feel influential, you are more influential. That's how powerful this is. So any questions, let me know on that. I know I took a deep dive, and I try to simplify it there a little bit for you. The human brain, very powerful and, and a big part of our success. It's all about mindset. I mean, you've probably read Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill interviewed all those billionaires, and it all came back to mindset, the way we think, our thoughts. All right, so now it's time for our blunder. Homer, go! Don't, don't, don't! I know I uh, did some work on the Queen Mary. I'm not going to mention names or seminars or dates just to protect the innocent. But the Queen Mary, if you don't know, is at one time, I believe, one of the largest cruise ships in the world. I know growing up in Southern California that when it came into the harbor in Long Beach, California, they put rocks around it. And there were these tours and things that were happening. And we went on it. It was, kind of, it was just it was great. You know, I love boats. I and mean, this is a huge boat. It was a huge cruise ship type boat. And that was fascinating as a child. Now, fast forward. 212 years or however old I am now and so there's this big event Queen Mary gonna stay on the Queen Mary oh, that's kind of cool and they were touting how fancy this ship is in the rooms and staying there and that's the first blunder there was the expectations were all wrong <laughs> okay so I arrived there and uh, I think parking was like 20 bucks I'm like 20 bucks for parking I kind of all right whatever I'll put it on the hotel tab and then then it was a long walk, and then it was kind of confusing on what floor to go to. And, I mean, it was kind of cool to be on this historical ship. I can't get past that. That was a big part of it. But the lesson is everything was going wrong. And I've talked to you about this before, but it happens again and again, and we need to keep talking about this. And the check-in, there was a line to wait. I'm not a big waiter. And she was kind of snippy and kind of rude. I, I don't remember the question I asked, but... It was a dumb question in her mind, and it shouldn't be asked, and she let me know in her nonverbal, verbal way, I guess we'll put it to you that way. Got into the rooms, uh, wasn't very nice. I mean, bigger than probably a cruise ship, and it was kind of warm and stuffy. There was no thermostat in this room, and it goes on and on and on. So to make matters worse, after the training, the next morning is getting up, getting ready to leave, doing a little sleeping in, and of course the fire alarm goes off. And <laughs> and I, I spent the time to pack up my bags because I knew it was probably false, and that might be to my demise someday. But the fire alarm, the whole place is evacuated, and I just, I just left. And here's the lesson, here's the takeaway that's so important. Hotels especially, and this is true for your business, your, your website, anything. When the first two or three things go wrong, even the first thing, we start looking for everything that's wrong. So I've created one list of seven, eight things that went wrong. But if the first thing, second thing, third thing start going right and someone's polite and there's an upgrade and something happens, then we start to look for things that are right. 
So when this is human nature, this is managing expectations. Doesn't matter if it's a seminar or a sales presentation or a meeting or a hotel, doesn't matter. You gotta make sure the first one, two, three things go right, and then all of a sudden everything else is going right. But if a couple things go wrong in the beginning, they're gonna look for everything that's wrong. And that's exactly happened what here. We'll see if they make it right. I will keep you posted. But that is the blunder of the week. So appreciate you listening again. Appreciate all the feedback and support. It makes doing the podcast a lot of fun. Really appreciate it. But really master these skills today and go out and persuade with power. Mm-hmm.